Hey, Dunkerpunks. This is Dana Cassell. And this is a strange episode to be sharing with you. I'm recording on March 25th, 2020, and we don't usually timestamp these episodes because people listen to them long after they're recorded, but today we're in the midst of this global pandemic. The COVID-19 virus is shaking up all of us and all our routines and everything we thought we knew for certain. And I'm not really sure what the world will look like when this episode makes its way to your ears. I don't know how it's felt to you, but to me it seems like the world tilts on its axis a little more each day. And I'm wondering, how are you doing in this topsy-turvy world? Are you suddenly working from home? Are you a college student who had to move out of your dorm unexpectedly? Are you figuring out how to move all your work and your relationships online? Are you a high schooler who's mourning the cancellation of the rest of your school year or a senior who doesn't get to graduate? Are you a healthcare worker whose job and work just got imminently more dangerous and more essential? Are you a parent who's struggling to juggle childcare and work all at the same time? Are you missing your daily routine? Are you stuck at home with your family and starting to get on each other's nerves? Are you home alone and starting to get a little lonely? Are you one of the people who's lost their job and aren't sure how your bills are going to get paid? Did you have to cancel something that you were really excited about? How many people you know are sick right now? When's the last time you saw your church family? Are you grieving loss and maybe even death? I know people in every one of those situations right now, today, and I'm willing to bet that you do too. It is a lot. No, like, really, a lot. None of us have ever lived through anything like this before. We don't know what will happen, and humans hate uncertainty. But it's pretty clear that these feelings and sense of confusion and loss and fear and disappointment and grief, it's pretty clear that all of these things are going to be with us, with all of us, for a little while. Most of us are not huge fans of grief and loss and fear. Especially in our American culture, which is the empire in which we live, we get formed into people who actively avoid sitting still, feeling those feelings, being present, getting cozy with fear and loss when they visit us. We are a people who are so unfamiliar with grief that sometimes we can't even name it when we're sitting in the middle of it. And yet here we are, all of us, 
together. At the same time, just being doused, immersed, swimming in it. While it might be true that none of us have ever experienced a global pandemic before, and it might be true that American culture tries its hardest to keep us from ever having to feel the loss and fear and grief that come with something that's so huge, it's not true that we are up a creek without a paddle. We've got tools. We've got resources. We, Dunker Punks, live in the ancient stream of wisdom from all the millions of people over thousands of years who have walked the way of Jesus. Our faith and our ancestors have handed down wisdom from the ages. And we get to be people who receive all that with gratitude. What does it mean to follow Jesus in a time of global pandemic? I believe, Dunker Punks, that even though the world is tilting and leaving all of us off balance, Jesus is not. Hebrews 13 reminds us to remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Even if your life looks nothing like it did one week ago or one month ago or one year ago, heck, even one hour ago, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That seems worth holding on to. Who is Jesus? What did Jesus teach? And the writer of Hebrews talks about remembering your leaders and considering the outcome of their way of life. Who are our leaders? How did our ancestors live? What is it that we should be doing right here and now? Who are we supposed to be imitating? Sometimes we forget especially in moments of chaos and fear and everything feeling just out of rhythm and out of sync. But if we stop and take a breath, we know what Jesus taught, right? You learned it in Sunday school. You've read it in scripture. If you've been listening to the Dunker Punks podcast, you've heard it here. We know what Jesus taught us to do. Love our neighbors. Do not judge. Give to anyone who asks of us. Do not store up treasures on earth. Love our enemies. Wash one another's feet. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not be afraid. Pray. Jesus doesn't change, and Jesus' instructions for us don't change, no matter how much the world is changing around us. What does it mean to love our neighbors in the midst of a pandemic? Often I hear that instruction to love my neighbor and think, I need to go. 
I need to go to the food pantry. I need to go and volunteer. I need to show up in the hospital rooms where the people I love are sick. And right now, none of that's possible. Loving my neighbors right now means staying at home. What does it mean to refrain from judgment these days? That one's always hard for me, I confess. But hearing Jesus say it to me today has made me back off some Facebook arguments, recalibrate the ways I was thinking about what people were saying when I disagreed with them, helped me shave off the sharp edges when I thought that other people were making bad decisions just because they were different from mine. Not storing up treasures on earth sure does sound like Jesus telling me that I do not need to hoard toilet paper or Clorox wipes, don't you think? The other ones, though, do not worry about tomorrow and do not be afraid. Whew, those are hard. I am afraid. I do worry. How in the world could we not? Recently, the preacher Nadia Boltzweber shared a sermon, and she titled it, Be Not Afraid. Um, yeah, right. After a lot of reflection, she says that maybe the opposite of fear isn't bravery. Maybe the opposite of fear is love. Paul tells us that perfect love casts out fear. So in the response to the very real dangers of this world, we have an invitation as people of faith, which is to respond by loving. We have Jesus' commands that do not change. And we also have examples of God's people who lived those commands throughout all of history. It's true, no one has yet tried to love enemies or wash feet or not worry here in America in 2020 during a global pandemic. But plenty of our mothers and fathers of faith have followed Jesus through war and famine and plague and genocide. This right now feels alien and impossible to us, but we are not alone. And we have wisdom and stories to guide us. I've been spending some time, for example, with Julian of Norwich this week. Julian lived in England in the 14th century, and she was just five or six years old during the Black Death, which you might have heard of called the bubonic plague. This was a disease that originated in China, sound familiar? And it killed somewhere between 25 and 60% of the entire English population. Can you imagine? One in four? Julian survived the plague when she was just a little kid. But when she was 30, she fell seriously ill. I don't know if that was the same plague that kept coming back or if it was a different illness, but Julian was at death's door. She barely survived. While she was sick, she experienced these mystical visions. 
She had a series of visions of Jesus. And she recovered from her illness, devoted her life to prayer, and decades later she wrote about those visions in detail and she reflected about what they meant. Just, not just for her, but for everyone. Her book is called Revelations of Divine Love, and it is, by the way, the earliest surviving English text written by a woman. In it, she describes 16 visions. and one of them, Jesus shows up and shows her this tiny thing that's the size of a hazelnut. And he holds it in his hand, and he tells her, he says, this tiny thing represents the entire world. And what I want you to know, Julian, is that God made it all, and God loves it all, and God keeps it all. I read that passage, and I just woke up a couple mornings this week singing, He's got the whole world in his hands. I wonder if that song is related to Julian's ancient vision. And then later, in another vision, Julian writes that even though sin and loss exist, and man, did she know that in her life, she became clear in these visions from Jesus that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Man, that's convicting. Julian knew trauma and loss and grief and fear. Julian knew pandemics. And yet she was gifted this vision from Jesus, this image of a tiny hazelnut that God created and loves and keeps all of us, the whole world, in God's hand. And that even in the midst of every imaginable, every possible evil and pain, all shall be well. It's really striking to me that Julian's response to living through the plague and losing people she loved and weathering a disaster of unprecedented magnitude and suffering intense illness herself, that her response to all of that was to devote the entire rest of her life to prayer. She didn't run for office. She didn't run into battle. She didn't start a nonprofit. She didn't spend the rest of her life doing good works. She decided to spend her life in prayer. Serving and working and connecting and organizing and leading, those are all entirely valid ways to react to emergencies. And they are all entirely real ways that God calls us to witness to her love in the world. But it strikes me that Julian's call was to pray. She moved into a hermitage. She lived alone to hold the tradition of contemplative prayer for herself and to pray on behalf of so many others around her. I imagine she revisited that hazelnut and her prayers also encompassed the whole world. 
for Julian, prayer was not a cop-out. It was not being passive. It was the way that God called her to respond to deep grief, real fear, and a lifetime of trauma. And her prayer, those decades she spent in communion with God, led to this beautiful manuscript that we are still reading and finding encouragement in 600 years later. I suspect that we are all finding ourselves at some loose ends these days. Our routines have been disrupted. The needs of those around us are real and immediate, and we want to help. We want to serve. We want to be put to work in order to relieve suffering and love people in close-up physical ways. And yet, because of the realities of what it means to be Alive in the midst of a global pandemic, those close-up ways of loving and serving just are not available to us right now. And so I wonder what would happen if we leaned into the part of our call as disciples that is to be people of prayer. I wonder if in all those moments of grief and loss and fear that are sure to come in these weeks and months maybe years, if we could channel a big chunk of our well-intentioned energy to serve and love and care and be in solidarity, if we could channel a big chunk of that into bringing the needs of the world, the ones we know about and the ones that we don't know about, bringing all of that before God in prayer. You want to try it? Maybe you already have a habit of praying consistently. If so, that's incredible. If you aren't practiced in a way of praying or a contemplative practice, it can feel kind of awkward to begin. There are a gazillion great guides to prayer, though. If you're looking for a place to start, I can recommend the Gravity Center. Their website has these great short instructional videos teaching you how to pray in different ways. And the book called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, which is edited by Adele Calhoun, is a treasure trove for different prayer practices. They're both great starting places. But I also wonder if you'd be willing to pray with me right here and right now. In the last few weeks, I've ended up praying with a lot of my folks in my congregation over the phone. It's kind of awkward at first, but then you realize it's just the same. We're still praying together to the God who's present and closer to us than every breath that we breathe, whether we're on the phone or over a Zoom call or in person. So maybe it'll be awkward, but maybe that's okay. If you're willing to try it out and lean into the awkward with me, Dunker Punks, I invite you to try this kind of breath prayer. Breath prayer is an ancient way of praying. It includes the blessing of connecting our spirits to our bodies by aligning a piece of scripture and prayer with our breath. There are lots of explanations of how to pray a breath prayer. You'll find it in the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook and on the Gravity Center's website. 
but this one comes from the writer Sarah Bessie. And I've heard a couple other Dunker Punks using it in the last few weeks. So if you're ready, find a comfortable spot. Settle in. Close your eyes if you feel comfortable. Don't worry, it's easy. Once you've settled in, take a deep breath. And then imagine yourself in a place where you feel safe. Take a minute. Arrive there in that safe place. Notice what it feels like. What the smells and sounds and sights are. Settle into your safe place. And then turn your attention to your breath. Notice your inhale. Pay attention to your exhale. Breathe deeper. And the next time you inhale, pray to yourself. Perfect love. And when you exhale, complete the verse. Cast out fear. Inhale. Perfect love. Exhale. Cast out fear. Keep it up for a few more cycles of breath. Maybe you want to pause the podcast and keep praying. That's cool. Maybe you have a different way of praying. Also cool. Thinking about Jesus' commands and Julian, someone who followed Jesus and lived through a pandemic herself, helps me remember that prayer is not an extra task to get done. But that prayer is necessary and essential and powerful. What is it that we're supposed to be doing in these strange days that seem filled with confusion and grief and fear? Jesus already taught us and we already know. 
We're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to pray. Wherever you are, Dunker Punks, and whatever your life is like in these strange days, know that I am praying for you. You are being held in the eternal and unending love of God. Would you be in prayer with me? God, who is closer to us than every breath that we breathe, whose perfect love casts out fear, whose Son has already taught us long ago who we are and how we are to live, hear our prayer. We are scared. We are anxious. We do not understand what is happening. God, help us to remember that you have created us, that you are the one who sustains us, that your Son, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Remind us, God, of the wisdom of our ancestors the mothers and fathers of faith who heeded your word and followed your way and left for us a record and wisdom and example to follow. God, we pray that you would calm our fear, that you would lead us into love, that you would draw near to us as we breathe in your love that casts out our fear. God, we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, whose life and death and resurrection promises and proves to us that nothing, neither death nor life nor powers nor principalities, nothing, not even pandemics, can separate us from your love. Amen. Thanks for listening, Dunker Punks. You are in my prayers. The Dunker Punks podcast is a group of folks who are committed to following Jesus' instructions to love our neighbor, watch and pray, even when things get weird. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Cassell. Jacob Kraus edits the show and creates our music. Kirik Van Asselt creates graphics. Dean Fiesenheiser transcribes our episodes. Suzanne Lay manages production. Arlington Church of the Brethren hosts and sponsors the show, and On Earth Peace provides ongoing outreach and production support. You can find archives of all these podcasts on iTunes and online at arlingtoncob.org dpp. We love connecting with you and learning who you are. You can connect with us on social media at DunkerPunksPod or by emailing at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. May you be surrounded by perfect love, Dunker Punks, and cast out all that fear.